this week we have a brand new co-host, Danielle, and we are going to jump right in. So this week's case takes place in Willica, Oklahoma. And this was actually a listener suggestion. He like is actually related to somebody who is related to the victims. So that's how I got this case. And it was very interesting to research. So that's just a little side note. So on June 8th, 2008, 13-year-old Taylor Pashal Placker and her best friend, 11-year-old Skyla Whitaker, were hanging out. It was summer vacation and the girls were having a sleepover at Taylor's house. Being a small town with not too much to do, the girls decided to go on a walk down a road that they had walked like a hundred times to go to the nearby river to find shells and pebbles. They literally walked this way like back and forth to each other's houses all the time. So they were very familiar with it. A few hours went by and Taylor's grandfather, Peter, tried calling the girls' cell phones multiple times but could not get a hold of them. Peter then decided to search the dirt road for any signs of the girls. He walked a quarter mile from his home and discovered Taylor and Skyla dead in a ditch from multiple gunshots. The family and entire town of Walika was reeling from the news that two innocent girls were just gunned down in the middle of the day right, you know, down the road from their home. And you always hear people say things like, that doesn't happen here, you know, things like that. But like, it really didn't happen in Walika. Who would want to hurt Taylor and Skyla? Taylor was a kind-hearted girl who rescued turtles that were crossing the road. And she loved crime shows so much that she wanted to be a forensic scientist. Skyla was a fun-loving, carefree child who was known to walk barefoot everywhere. She loved animals and wanted to be a veterinarian when she grew up. In August 2008, the medical examiner released the autopsy report on Skyla and Taylor. It was determined that two different caliber guns, one a 40 caliber and one a 22 caliber, were used, which led investigators to believe that they were two killers. 11-year-old Skyla was shot eight times in the arms, chest, abdomen, and neck. 13-year-old Taylor was shot five times in the head, groin, and hand. Neither girl showed signs of sexual assault. So with that discovery, it looked like it was a straight-up assassination of two young girls for no apparent reason. That's terrible. That's so sad. It's very sad. And for three years, the case went cold until another woman was murdered. Ashley Celeste Taylor was born on November 8th, 1987 to Michael and Patricia Taylor. She loved church, animals, and her family. She was known as an outcast in high school, but found companionship with another quote-unquote outcast named Kevin Sweat. When they were together, they were able to forget about the bullies and everything else negative in the world. According to their friends, the quirky and shy couple were perfect for each other. When Ashley told her family that she had met someone, her father insisted that she bring him over to meet the family. And it sounds like a country cliche, but when Kevin came over to meet his girlfriend's dad, he was cleaning his gun. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You know how it is. (laughs) So Kevin immediately began talking about his interest in guns and how to make a homemade silencer. You know, just... Your run-of-the-mill knowledge. No red flags? None at all. (laughs) And Ashley's dad, and Michael, and Kevin hit it off because of their common interest, and he gave the couple his blessing. 
The couple eventually drifted apart when Kevin graduated high school and Ashley finished up her degree from home to help take care of her siblings, one of which had special needs. It didn't help that Kevin was still talking to his ex-girlfriend, which of course caused several arguments. However, in 2007, after Kevin's older brother died of a drug overdose, they, the couple reconnected and were inseparable after that. Kevin took the death of his brother pretty hard, though, and he became withdrawn and isolated. But the couple getting back together was a bright side, you know, to that at least. Shortly after, Kevin moved in with Ashley to help her take care of her family. In 2010, the couple saved up enough money to get their own apartment, but only a few months after moving, friends and family noticed that Ashley was becoming more withdrawn, only contacting her family when she needed money or help with something else, and everybody just assumed that Kevin was to blame. I would. Right, like, oh, that's the only thing that's different, you know, is she moved. But considering Ashley was an adult, her parents didn't want to meddle in her relationship, but her family believed that Kevin hadn't properly dealt with his brother's death and that that was what was affecting his behavior. Instead of believing that it was, in fact, an accidental overdose, Kevin thought his brother's death was foul play. And I don't know why he thought that or what evidence, you know, made him think that, but authorities did not suspect that it was anything but an accident. Yeah. I was going to say, well, that would turn up in an autopsy, would it not? Yeah, I mean, unless somebody, like, forced him, you know, or injected him or whatever, you know, drug it was. I don't know. Despite the recent distance in her relationship with her family and potential issues in her relationship with Kevin, on July 5th, 2011, Ashley called her parents and asked them if she could have her birth certificate and all other necessary documents because she told her parents, Kevin and I are eloping and I'm so happy. Friends and family were shocked when the couple, like, got engaged. So to hear that they were planning a wedding and honeymoon in Louisiana so soon after, they were like, what is going on? Because at this point, maybe not everybody approves of the relationship. (laughs) Sounds right. Even though Ashley said that she was so happy to be eloping, when her parents met up with Ashley and Kevin later that day, they noticed that she seemed fearful whenever Kevin was around. Why? What was the reason that her... They didn't want their families there. Like why they were eloping instead of having an actual wedding? Maybe to save money. I don't know. But I don't know why they would do it out of state, you know, because I mean, we're talking Oklahoma to Louisiana. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure. I would want my family there. And I would consider that another red flag. Yeah. Why are you isolating her? You know? Yeah. Let me come to my daughter's wedding. That is exactly right. 24 days later. Ashley was reported missing after her family tried calling her phone and Kevin's phone and both of them like said that they were disconnected and they could not get in touch with her. They definitely knew something was wrong when Ashley didn't even call for her younger brother's birthday. When they did more digging, they found out that Kevin hadn't missed any work, which means they never left for their planned wedding and honeymoon in Louisiana. So they never did get married? They never got married, no. Ashley's family confronted Kevin about where Ashley was, and he told her that they got in a fight on the way to Louisiana. He led her out of the car on the side of the road near a bridge and never saw her again. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Her family knew immediately that something was wrong, because if that had been true, she would have called somebody to come get her, or at the very least, she would be home by now. Yeah. Her family told police what Kevin said, and they brought him in for an interview. 
In the interrogation, Kevin told detectives that he and Ashley got into an argument and she told him to let her out of the car and she told him, it's over. I never want to see you again. If Kevin's story was true, they thought it was weird that he didn't, you know, turn around, circle back, make sure she was okay, call to check on her or anything. Like, yeah, maybe they got in a fight and she didn't want to see him again, but she was still like his fiance or ex-fiance. You'd still at least care about her. You'd have that cool off period. All right, let me turn around. Exactly. She's all right. Because I just let her out on the side of the road in the middle. Out on a bridge. Yeah. Left her there. So police got a search warrant for Kevin's apartment and car. They found an axe in the trunk and Ashley's wallet in the glove compartment. After the discovery of those two major pieces of evidence, the police brought in the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation and got a search warrant for his computer. After looking at his search history, they discovered that Kevin was obsessed with guns and violence. They also discovered that he blogged constantly about unhappy he was in his relationship with Ashley, literally calling their engagement the worst mistake of his life. Why not just break it off? Why not break it off? And does she know you have this blog? Imagine like finding this blog and being like, oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> That's the worst. Feel? Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Okay, but what about the axe? They didn't do anything with the axe? I don't know anything about the axe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But there's more. <laughs> what a random object to have in your trunk. Yeah. You know, it's not a, you know, tire iron or whatever. Right. Something, you know, I feel like you would use for a car. Yeah. So a few days later, police took Kevin for a ride so he could show them where he dropped off Ashley. He took them to the location and he said that after he dropped her off, he went to Nichols Lake for a few hours and then went to his dad's in Walika. The next day, Kevin was called in for another interview, and his story changed. He told detectives this time that he and Ashley went to Nichols Lake together, and they argued about the upcoming wedding. He said that during the argument, he threw a knife at Ashley. She then picked it up and slit her own throat and fell off the dock into the lake. What? No. (laughs) If you think that's far-fetched, wait for when his story changes again. But did they talk to his dad? He said he went to his dad's, right? Yes. So just wait. Okay. So his new story is that this time, you know, they argue, but then she slits half of her throat and he slits the other half. She falls onto the dock and he pushes her into the lake. So it's like a team effort. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. Zero sense. Whatever the truth was, Kevin was arrested for the murder of Ashley Taylor. A search was conducted at Nichols Lake and nothing turned up. So here's where his dad comes in. Police were skeptical, obviously, of Kevin's story to begin with. But then Kevin's father contacted the detectives to let him know that he found a woman's ring in his burn pit. So they... A woman's ring. Yeah. And where? A burn pit in Kevin's father's backyard. Yes. So they knew at that point that his story was not true. I mean, wouldn't you know if there was no blood on the dock? On the dock, nobody in the (laughs) river. Who slits half their throat? Where's the knife? If that's the case, why didn't you call for help? So many questions. All All right, Kevin. 
Yeah. Okay, Kevin. Okay, Kevin. (laughs) So they conducted another search at Kevin's father's home and found bones in the burn pit that were determined to be human remains and also found pieces of prescription glasses that were consistent with Ashley's. They also collected shell casings found in the yard as evidence. Because at this point, they really don't know how she died, you know? Yeah. So during their multiple interrogations, Kevin mentioned that he was questioned by the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation years earlier in reference to the murders of Taylor and Skyla due to a gun that was registered to him being linked to the murders. But Kevin claimed that he sold the gun a year before the murders and the gun was never recovered, so they couldn't really do anything else about it. That was until the recovered shell casings from Kevin's father's yard were tested. And forensics determined that eight of the nine casings collected were matches to the guns used to kill Taylor and Skyla. No. I mean, yeah, good. He got caught, but no. Yes. So when investigators confronted Kevin with this evidence and his, like, connection to the murders of the two young girls, he at first denied any involvement by saying there's no point in killing kids. But he later admitted everything. He said that on that day, he was driving down the dirt road that Taylor and Skylar were walking along. He said that he saw two monsters walking down the road and coming at him. He panicked and grabbed a gun and shot the monsters. He then grabbed another gun from the glove box and continued shooting. Is he on drugs? I don't know. Why are they monsters? He said, I see demons, vampires, monsters, whatever. I do have some problems. I was scared and they were coming at me, so I shot them. So it was speculated that he was trying to set himself up for an insanity plea because there was like no known history of that. But I mean. (laughs) Oh, my God. Monsters, though. That's the that's the word you choose. Yeah. Monsters. Vampires. Vampires. Demons. I can't have vampires in the middle of the day. That great point. (laughs) Can't do that. Does he know any lore at all? It's like he never saw Twilight. I've never seen Twilight. Well, they sparkle in the sunlight. I have heard that. Weird. So he decided to plead guilty to all three murders in exchange for the death penalty to be taken off the table. During his appearance in court for his sentencing, he snuck a razor blade into the courtroom and slit his lawyer's throat. The whole thing or just half? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, I guess the whole thing. Fortunately, he survived, but what a move. What a move. I would have resigned. Yeah. That, like, yeah. I think that I'm done being a defense attorney. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we're going to work at the gas station. Yeah, I think I'll do, like, divorce court or... Yeah, that could be even uglier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Real estate law. You know. Okay, yeah, I'll do real estate. So, you know, after witnessing that, the judge sentenced Kevin to three life sentences without the possibility of parole. Because he pled guilty, there was no trial, so he had no reason to give, like, why he murdered Taylor, Skyla, or Ashley. But a accepted theory is that Kevin blamed Taylor's brother for the overdose death of his own brother, and he was out for revenge. So I don't know if Taylor's brother was a drug dealer and maybe, you know, that's why he blamed him. I don't know. 
you just make that up? I don't know. I mean, I would assume so because there was no reason to suspect foul play. I don't know. And Kevin knew Taylor's family because he was actually dating Taylor's sister, Jennifer, who was the girlfriend that he kept talking to while he was dating Ashley. You know, that caused a bunch of problems. They weren't monsters. He's a liar. Yeah, he knew exactly who they were. Yeah. And as for Ashley, he, uh, the theory is, you know, he, she may have found out that he was responsible for the murders of Taylor and Skyla. Therefore, he had to get rid of her. But we may never know for sure on any of them because he has not given a reason. Is he still in jail? Yes. Well, he's, prison, yeah, he's still in prison and he will not be getting out. So uh, that is it. That is the story of the Willika murders. Girls, the poor girls. I, I mean, the old one too, but just specifically the, the young ones. I mean, they were just walking along the side of the road. Just... Hanging out, having a sleepover, going to, you know, look for pebbles. That's so sad. So sad. Ugh. Well, maybe he'll get, you know, shanked for his life. <laughs> maybe. One one can hope. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to see. He shouldn't get to live a whole life. Yeah. Because. Wait, what year was this? Uh, 2008 was the uh, Taylor and Skyland, then 2011. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Where did I get 2010 from? Uh, yeah, you were in between the two. Yeah. yeah. A happy medium, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so he says that he's just got life. He doesn't have the death sentence. Yeah. So he pled guilty uh, so that he would, they would take the death penalty off the table. Mm-mm. What a cop out. Yeah. Because he definitely would have gotten sentenced to death. Yeah. No so way. He's going to find out what he did, and then that'll be the end of that. Yeah, I would have. I don't know. I've never been to prison, you know, especially not for murdering a child. But I hear that they don't like that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That is also what I have heard because yeah. you know prisoners have standards. That's what they say. Apparently, do you have any other thoughts or comments? Nope, I don't think so. All right. Well, I will post pictures on Facebook and Instagram if you have not left a review. Yet, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever y'all get your podcast and come back next week for another episode of Murder in the Mountains. See ya. Bye.